Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We get started. I just want to uh, take a moment to thank everybody here today uh, and for all the coverage, all the... um, professionalism through the course of the year I know it was a you know the start of the year was a pandemic and lots of different protocols and structure especially uh, dating back two years now but um, this this room I have a lot of respect for the people in this room and the work they put in uh, every day to to uh, cover us and be part of what we do and and with that I'd also like to thank you know all the all Sabre fans this is uh, a wonderful experience for me to have the privilege of coming to work every day to coach this team and be part of this organization. And there's a lot of uh, a lot of good things that go through my head when I think of that. Um, we are all on a mission to make you proud. Uh, I say that we all. I think of the players. I think of Kevin Adams and our management staff and our scouts, it's, it's amazing. Um, the people that back here and behind it are in it for the right reason. Um, and they feel uh, pretty energized when, when we can make uh, Sabre fans proud. So I want to thank the fans uh, for that. Uh, some amazing, amazing moments this year, whether it be the outdoor game, RJ night, uh, RJ's last call, um, player performances individually, collectively, just an amazing year. So uh, it's all part of a build. We know that we, the biggest thing I wanted to do and how I operate is is get things going the right direction and keep them going the right direction. And we have a lot of, and, and to, to, to get them going the right direction, you have to have uh, a clarity on where you want to go, how you want to proceed, and all the processes and intricacies that come with that. So you have to have buy-in, um, and I think our group here wanted to be on board with all of that, which makes it easier for all of us to do all our jobs, and just keep moving things in the same in a, in a progressive direction. And we've been able to do that. Uh, where we are on that trajectory, um, it's in the context of our competitors, obviously, moving forward. Uh, but we do know we're going the direction we want to go. And we do know how to keep it going that direction. So, uh, again, um, I thank everybody for, for being passionately involved, as I see that from, from everybody day to day uh, in their jobs and in, uh, in this room and, and with, our, with our fan base. It's uh, very inspiring to know that you're going to work and 
you have people so passionate about not only the the game of hockey but the Sabres specifically so a lot of fun I feel privileged to be here and uh, I will turn it over to the room. Don as you met with your players uh, for their last uh, meetings with you before they went home what was your main message to your players as you wrapped up the season? You know I Paul I wanted to hear from them so there, there were I wasn't too concerned with the message I needed to give them um because I felt the messages that we gave them through the year, we, we saw them internalizing those and accepting those, embracing those, and even enhancing those. You know, you, you pass along a message to the players and the team uh, through the year, and then you sit back and you evaluate, okay, are they internalizing what you said? Are you communicating that well enough? Is there clarity? And, um, you know, when there wasn't, Kyle Ocposa would come talk to me or Darlene would ask me a question and, and we would correct it and steer it the right way. So so when the year finished and we had our individual meetings, I, I didn't feel I had to tell the guys anything. I, I was more uh, more wanted to, to learn from them to feel uh, what they felt. And, and so it was open discussion for them to lead the way. I mean, I gave them points that you know, the other players had talked about or typically what players could discuss, you know, how you felt, highlights of the season, those sorts of things. And they just ran with it. So, uh, you know, I like in my meetings, we included the whole coaching staff. I don't like, you know, I'm not a formal guy. I don't like formal. I think um, there's a place for it, but it's certainly not behind the scenes for us. And uh, we had the entire staff in there and our video coaches in there and uh, I, I enjoyed the calm that the players have around our staff and our group, the trust that they have in our group, and it was nice to hear them open up and, and discuss uh, what they wanted for themselves and what they experienced for themselves. And uh, there was very little feedback that I felt I had to give them, uh, which is a nice position to be in. Last week, Don, you said that amid preparing for each of these games that it's easy to get lost in the progress these young guys have made because you're always thinking about, okay, what can I give them next? Well, now that you are at a point where you can reflect, I mean, what are your thoughts? I mean, what's it like looking back on the progress that all those young guys made under you and your coaching staff this season? I mean, progress is all about, you know, that's our that's our intent. That's our focus. So, so it is rewarding, and it's extremely rewarding when you see players achieve, uh, knowing they put the work in, they do what you ask. Uh, but, you know, th there really isn't a lot of, you know, I reflect, and, I, and when I reflect, it's that. I reflect on the season, it's like, you know, RJ Knight, it's, uh, it's, it's Akposo scoring his 20th, it's Skinny finding his scoring touch again, it's Tej scoring 38 goals, it's uh, Victor fighting through an injury to finally come back and persevere, it's Mitzi scoring the overtime winner to, to finish the year. Like, when I reflect back, it's, it's, that's what I look at. Like the rewards these guys got uh, is phenomenal for for me. And Craig Anderson is his three uh, hundredth and then some. Um, you know, Yokoharu becoming a leader and 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 grabbing Owen, Owen Power and and wanting to partner up with him. It's Darlene becoming an all star. Those are those are special for me personally. Um, then I move forward. I, I just I just love. That our team, it feels like our team, I talk about a direction, it feels like when you go a direction, it's a trajectory. You know, you just keep getting better and you target things as a coach. Okay, 
what are our capabilities present? What are our capabilities going into this game, whether it be Boston or going into whatever? And then what can we put in front of them that can challenge them to become better? And it felt like we just kept moving up and up and up. And I feel like, okay, the, the exciting thing for me is we've gotten to this level is the next thing. Figuring it out and then targeting it and moving on it. And the off season for me, the excitement is I can move on to the next thing. And we can move on to the next thing. We can, I've talked about building our offense. We can do more there. We have way more lineup stability with what Kevin, uh, Kevin's been able to do with our roster. You know, a year ago we had so many unknowns with UFAs uh, that, that, we, that we knew our roster was going to be completely different. Uh, and this summer or this offseason, we know what our roster is going to look like for almost nine out of ten positions for next year, or eight out of ten, and, and that's amazing because now we can move on to that. We can we can start thinking about what we want to do on day one, day two, uh, or game one, and uh, that's exciting. That's very very exciting as a coach. Don, you said it many times: in November, December, January, February. You weren't as obsessed about results. You were obsessed more about making sure these guys were playing the right way, and the results would come. In March and April, the results came. Now, as you go forward, how much of that was a feeling you needed to get them to believe because they were a young team? And how much do you continue that theory when you're trying to strive for the playoffs now? Does it change at all when the goals change a little? No, we, we will have a focus of getting better until we win a championship. It's just going to – it's not, it's not going to leave. Like, we just want better, more, more. And, and competitive people want more. Um, you know, they, they have an unsatisfied appetite. And that's what we want in players. When we look at players, I don't want a player that's satisfied. I don't want a player that wants to stay the same. Um, and and that is the culture we want to build. We want guys here that want more, that are hungry for more. Uh, not trying to be, you know, I, I, I won something here, so let's replicate that now. Let's let's do it better, bigger, stronger, faster, harder. Uh, and, and so that mentality of... of getting better will never change um we talk about winning you know that there's one thing and 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 i'm not a greedy guy but if there's one thing i'll ever be greedy about it's winning and uh um you know you can't win enough but there's a process to winning and if you don't respect that process you're not going to win enough and you know i think you know respecting that process is is continuing to um compete hard every day whether it be a practice compete hard in your preparation uh and then target the right things to to win and um so no we're gonna we're gonna keep operating as we've operated this year it's the only way i know um and and i've been fortunate to be around a lot of winning in my career and uh, i like the direction we're going but we've got uh we've got a long way to go pardon me if, if, if this is the same question because but when you enter when you Put, enter into the equation expectations. There will be more expectations. You've laid a foundation here, and we and everybody saw signs of, of that blossoming over the past two months. But when you enter expectations and the pressure of expectations into the picture, that this team needs to build on whatever it did this year and compete for a playoff spot next year. To ultimately, it's wins and losses. Now. How, how, how do you alter your message in, in, in any way, or how do you confront the 
the expectation, the pressure of expectations? Yeah, I, I think pressure of expectations is is an indicator of your belief in yourself. You know, you you when you doubt those expectations, you you can crumble under them. You could feel pressure from them. Um, so for our guys, even the moment we took the job over, we talked about our belief system. And, you know, at that point, we, we, we didn't have a real strong belief system that we could win a game. Uh, obviously, we all remember that. And that was a lot of pressure for those guys. But they, they you know, behind the scenes, we're, we're, we're working on that belief system. And, and a lot of what I coach is to strengthen that belief system. Um, and we want guys that you feel external pressure of expectation when you're not dialed in and you feel like things are out of your control. And what's in our control is that next game. Preparation starts with preparation for that next game. When you get in the game, it's out competing the guy across from you. Like, you know, uh, and, and we have a culture where guys thrive on the moment and we're creating that culture. They, they've created that culture. Our, our, our group has that the moment matters and we're not going to get too far ahead of ourselves. And I think the, I think the playoff stuff is, 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 is awesome for fans. It's awesome for, for people in this room, but that's not anything about us. We can't worry about six months from now. It, it will take care of itself when we take care of what we have complete control over and uh it doesn't have control over us so you know i i like uh, where we're at i don't have an answer to whether we're going to make playoffs or not next year i have an answer i have to i have to stay focused on just keep getting better and win the win the game in front of you and i know if we do that good things are going to come so uh we do that with we've got to walk that with confidence and and i believe this group will don you have a good idea of who you're going to put on the ice next year, and hopefully, what kind of product you want it to be uh, for season ticket holders that didn't have them this year? What would make them want to come back to watch this team next year? Well, I could tell you what I hope. I mean, I hope I hope, I hope they love hockey and and love hockey. Even you, typically, when you love hockey, you love the speed and the passion the guys play with and and uh, the intensity, and then. Then you factor in consistency, bringing it each and every night, and uh, that usually comes with the internal drive of a player. You know, um, uh, and, and we can help or hurt the environment of that in the position of leverage that we're in as coaches or management. So, you know, we want to set our culture up so it's conducive to that. We want to bring players in that that will play fearless and passionate, and uh, to do that, they have confidence. So Dylan Cousins comes to mind. I mean, that guy believes he's. He's going to be an impact player and, 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 and help win. I mean, we all see that, and he's going to because of that, because of that drive. He will not quit until that happens. Uh, and, and we have lots of guys like that uh, that are fun to see. So, you know, it's almost like it's, there, there should be enough to, to entertain you, but enough to intrigue you also. Like, how good are these guys going to be? And how good are they going to get by virtue of how they're playing and how they're attacking situations? And that's what we're, we feel we're building. Uh, and that's something we will never be satisfied with. You're never satisfied with something you really love. You want more and more and more. And our guys, like I said, you get guys that compete and love to play hockey, I'll never be able to satisfy their appetite. You just put another challenge in front of them. And that's the group we want. So, um, 
you know that's what we'll keep doing and uh if it's if it's something you like then we welcome you here that's for sure but but no we have we know we have great fans and, and great people that uh love the game of hockey so we want to do our part in you know making it uh fun and intriguing for them as well how concerned are you with the injuries this year the amount of the injuries how long they took whether they were handled right. Is that something you're going to look into? Is that a concern? Yeah, I, I think that's probably, you know, when you talk about uh, something to that, it's probably more for Kevin to speak on that. Um, I don't have a concern because I have to focus on what I have to focus on, Paul. So, um, you know, when we're missing guys, the fact that we missed, and again, I remember at one point we had 11 guys on the right of my board up there that were, were, were not healthy or couldn't play. As a coach, my mind turned right to me, okay, how is this an opportunity for us? This is an opportunity for us. We're, we're in survival mode. Let's learn how to survive. Like, just fight, fight through this. And our guys got better. The guys that were in that fight got better. So when we got healthy, they, they were better because of it. And injuries are part of our game. You know, we, we had a lot of injuries, and I don't know where we were. Man games missed for the league. I know we were up top, but there were other teams there too. And um, so for me, I process that way. Um, and, and, you know, Kevin and I obviously have lots of discussions that will happen now on various points, but uh, my, my thoughts on it will probably – I don't have much thought on it right now, Paul. Um, but I know it's just my first thought was just part of the game, and you got to deal with that as a coach. Now, how did you see Rasmus Dallin grow into this leadership role? Because, I mean, you look at him from five months ago, he just seems so much more confident. He's staying at that podium. He wants more. And he seems like just not just on the ice, off the ice, it seemed like he hit another a different level, I guess. Well, it was fun to be part of it. Um, and I noticed the same thing, and that was obviously the hope for us as coaches was to, to move him and, and all our guys along in that and, and being confident in who they are. Um, you know, we have lots of structure underneath, you know, within our system and stuff, but there's, you know, I never want to have too much structure where it sabotages the freedom for people to be themselves and the originality and, and then the confidence in themselves, you know, in this forum. And, you know, we, we talk a lot about, you know, these guys are under immense pressure. They're professional athletes. They make good money. They're, they're role models within their families when they <laughs> enter the league, within their, in their neighborhood, everything. There's different pressures to come to that, and they've never been in that situation until they get in the NHL. Then they become an NHL player. And sometimes, you know, I've watched and witnessed it over the years. You, you, you okay, should I, how do I act? How does an NHL player act? How does a player in this situation or person in this situation act? And, you know, sometimes we run our organizations and, and, and we project that. You have to act this way. And, and we don't – we want our players to be themselves. And we need to support them in being themselves. And, you know, the, the, when you see players comfortable being themselves, whether it be in here, you know, we don't want players to come in here and, and not be themselves. You know, we want our fans to see that this guy's different than that guy and see their personalities because that's what's going to make this thing special. And so when you see the guy – the guys feel more comfortable that doing that. It's awesome. You know what? What we want to do as coaches was unleash Darlene's competitiveness. You know, dolls. You know, my observation of dolls and being around different players was, this is a guy that cares so much that he he stopped thinking about himself to think about okay, how do I help the Sabers? How do I become what everybody wants me to become? 
so every mistake was was you know he, he more wanted to please the coach and what do you need me to do what do you, what do I do and then he's concentrating on what I want him to do and and I really wanted him to just no don't don't worry about what I want to do or what you have to do as a number one pick overall just get in the moment do what you do and then we can tweak from there and there and so that's our motive with each guy and with dolls he he he's a guy that not only embraced it but but that's the, he's got talent that you want you're going to bring it out of him that way so it's really fun and rewarding for us to see him as a coach play the way you know put his personality into his play again we have enough structure underneath to support him um and if we it, it, a lot of times there were there was errors and it was blamed on him but it's because we didn't we didn't do the structure underneath him that we should have, and we got to, we're still learning that. So, so it is nice to see him be able to do that and grow in that area. Uh, and I think that uh, you know we enjoy him and his personality like we do so many guys back there. It's 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 nice that you guys get to see more of that here. Um, so I don't know if that answered it, Bill, but okay. The exit interview just said we're more about hearing from the players. Did any themes stick out? Uh, the, the, lots of excitement about potential. So nobody was satisfied with what just transpired, although they were happy with it. But they were, if I am a semi, you know, it's a summation of, of what they've said and the vibe they put across was it was let's get to work to build more. And again, that's a theme that Kevin. Adams and myself, we, we, we've been working with the rest of the staff, so it's not just the two of us by any means, um, working to create that or, or, or foster the environment that that can be created. You guys, you guys own this franchise. We don't. Like, you're on the ice every day. You're competing every day. You're getting ready for that next game, and you're going home sore and tired and worn out, and you got to go play that next team. And, and – the the group has taken that over to the point where they've you feel that they are they want ownership they want responsibility they're ready for uh, the next challenge and they're they're moved to that next challenge already I mean these guys are talking about next season but they're talking about what they're going to do through the summertime for next season to get prepared for next season so that was the the kind of the the bulk of what I grabbed from the guys, which was very uh, nice to see as a coach. Uh, and I said, I, as I mentioned, I, I felt I had to say very little back to them. I felt they had a really good grasp on what I would want as a coach. Don't be satisfied for what just happened, although we progressed some. Uh, and stay hungry, and stay hungry through the summer to build. And I think they all have that mentality. They want to get right back to work, whether it be in the weight room or uh, different skill stuff. Of keeping players who want to be here in Buffalo and wearing the Sabres jersey, which obviously led to Sam Bristow and, and Jack, Jack Jack's departure. Those, those are three guys that did had questions about wanting to be here. Could you have succeeded, come this far, laid the foundation that you did with those any of those three guys present? Yeah, I, I wouldn't go so far, John, to assume those three didn't want to be here. Like I just don't, I don't, I don't want to. They, they, they did I, express, I, yeah. you know, Questions about yeah, and that, year ago. yeah, and and from 
but I don't want to throw and say these guys didn't want to be here. I, I, I think those guys, um, and I know, I know for me personally, when I took over uh, Ristolainen and Reinhardt, I, I, Jack was, was, was injured, but Ristolainen and Reinhardt were, were really helpful with me and pushing and turning, and we changed practices and, and had to go. We demanded that they, they'd be a lot more intense. They were so supportive of that. It was great. They were unrestricted free agents. So, you know, uh, lots of different scenarios in there. Uh, so I want to clear clear that up first. Because yeah, just in fairness. Bristol, but, wasn't, Bristol still had one year left on his contract and Sam was a restricted free agent. So. It could have come back. He was going into that. You're, you're absolutely right on that. Um, so now that I said that, let's go back to your question so I hit it right. Well, I, I guess in, in some – I mean, did, did – Guys who have been here for way too long and, and involved, been involved with the frustrations of losing, um, perhaps they needed a change of scenery to some degree, and maybe you folks identified that. And how much of them having to leave allow the youngsters to step up and fill the vacuums of those uh, of, of leadership roles and ro- roles more important? More, yeah. You know, I don't want to speak on the movement stuff. I did feel comfortable speaking on Reinhardt and Risto because I had them. They were they were spectacular for me as a coach. So the other stuff Kevin's going to be in. I think you know he could maybe go a little further. But for the young guys, I can easily speak on that. These guys we identified they were competent, capable, and hungry as as hell to to invested in in Buffalo and the challenge of trying to. Uh, you know, I, everybody says fix something. We're, we're trying to fix anything. Everybody says rebuild. You know, I think if you if you win the Stanley Cup, there's one team that rebuilds. The team that wins the Stanley Cup, they they built it to win a cup. Everybody else is building. <laughs> They're just building, and and so uh, these guys wanted to build. They they wanted better. The appetite is huge, enormous, and unsatisfied. And uh, that for sure for me was I spoke plenty that this is the job I wanted last summer. I was an interim coach when I took over, and there were vacancies all over the league, or not all over the league, but multiple different spots, and I had no interest in going somewhere else. And it was because of the appetite of the young players here that had a huge capacity to develop. And, you know, that's exciting. It was exciting for me as a coach to be a part of because I could see, you know, uh, the potential of each one of those individually and then how they could come together collectively. And so, you know, I was, uh, I had lots of people last summer saying, why aren't you, you know, seeking out this position in the NHL? And I said, I am not doing that. And uh, that is why. It was motivated by the capacity and appetite of our young players, absolutely. Given all that that you guys as a group went through this season, how long have you waited to work for your, your first head coaching opportunity? What were the emotions like when you walk in that room at the end of the game Friday night and you sort of realize that, I mean, this group as it is, I mean, you know, it's going to be different. And this first season that you had as a head coach is over. Yeah, you know, I, I, I'm grateful that I'm here in, in coaching this team and this group in, in, in Buffalo. But the job itself is, you know, I'm never going to be satisfied in, in actually – I don't, it's almost like, uh, I've heard plenty of people tell me over the years, Coach Smile, and and uh, you just want the next thing. You just, you know, you, you're you happy we won the game in Chicago, 
but you're really, really happy and excited that you have something you can build on. You can move to the next, you know, because you're, you're, you're waiting to move up and win the ultimate, and you can only go one step at a time. And so when you, when you take the next step, it means you can get to the next one. And for me, that's, that's the drive. That's the excitement. I want to get to the next step so we can get to the next step. We can't go five steps ahead. You know, and, and as an example, you've heard me many times, like, we're not going to chase analytics. I know we're bad in this analytic and that analytic. When we get better, those will take care of themselves. It's just the next step. And, you know, for me, that's the excitement. Um, I, I will say that, yeah, I've had a long journey coaching, but I've had confidence I'd be in the NHL at some point. I just want to be good when I got to the NHL. I want to be better when I got to the NHL. So, so the timing of, of taking over this team, was perfect for me it was right it felt right uh and then being in buffalo itself and there's there's some things that personally in my life were were that just fit this is this feels like the right spot to be at the right time so um happy and excited for all of that grateful for all of that but for me it's always that next step what's the next one Don, on that note, like where you are in your journey, everybody we've spoken to talks about the environment you've cultivated, playing free without fear of mistakes. Where does that locker room vision come from? How have you built that through your career journey? Is that personal belief system, previous teams? Where did that vision start? Yeah, you know, lots of lots of places. Um, I mean, I was a player that, that loved the game, wanted to play in the NHL, and, and had some different experiences, great experiences in hockey and some not-so-great experiences in hockey where you just – you're so passionate, you train so hard, and then you never get an opportunity uh, in certain situations. And, and I know how that feels. And, you know, so um, I have a lot of respect for the players and the commitment and the demand that they're under. And we want to – try to give them opportunity to sh for all that work they put in to to get the reward of it and you know so so you know we want to create a culture i say we you know it's it's i couldn't do anything without support of management ownership and, and you know support staff around me so so we have an amazing staff that that just uh engages in it, in it every day and wanting to see our guys you know like be like kids you know enjoy the the competitiveness of hockey and and winning uh and something they love to do so so we just want them to just have connect with the the reason they started playing the game to begin with to me that's really important you know you're playing this because you love it and when you love it you stay outside and you know 20 degree below weather and your parents are telling you get in here it's too cold and you're like no way i'm not going in there and, and we want guys to connect with, with those, those moments, even though they're in the National Hockey League. And uh, we're able to do that here. And, and, again, that's for the support that I have all around me and above me and, and everywhere else. So. My apologies. Do you think the Sabres alumni will recognize you at their next golf tournament? <laughs> <laughs> that's a joke we got to explain. We've got to explain that one. But yeah. it's, it's something that you've come along. Maybe it's how far you've come. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I hope so. I hope so. That, and, and recognize me means I don't look like a foreigner walking in the room. Yes. yes. Uh, no, my, my first week that I came on board as an assistant coach, the alumni had a golf outing, and I was invited in there, but nobody knew who I was. No one knew what I really looked like. 
and I showed up a couple minutes late and I snuck in the back door and a bunch of the, the alumni were looking back and they're like, who is this guy walking in our room? And uh, Rob Ray didn't even know who I was at that point. He, he moved from the front of the room to the back of the room to walk up to me and say, look around the room. Can I help you? Like, you don't belong in here. And I introduced myself. He said, oh, okay, well, come on in, come on in. And so, yeah, I hope I'm, I hope I'm, wel- I hope, I hope I'm welcome, John. Don, how have you noticed things change in the locker room from when you first took over a year ago to now? Just in terms of the way the, the, the players are with each other and, and the, you talk about cultivating that, that culture and things like that. How have you noticed from your perspective it different from when you first took over during that winless streak to now? Um, guys are not afraid to be themselves. And they have a vision and with clarity on how we should be as a unit, as a collective whole. Um, credit to Zemgis, Gergensen's, and Kyle Poso and on and on, where they really set a tone. I mean, you know, when you when you are yourself, you you, you stick your neck out there. If you're you know you're a funny guy and you say something at the wrong time, you, and you you get an older player, a veteran guy, and like, hey, shut shut up, you know, or you they're just belittled or whatever and and we don't have any of that you know we we you know maybe something would be there that somebody be corrected but it's it's out of you know compassion and care and and so i would say that locker room is a fun environment to go into but a very business-like when it's supposed to be business-like and and to me that there's you got to have that on off switch of you know you you can't take things too serious but you need to take serious things to heart and we needed to learn that okay uh you don't have to be serious all the time you need to be serious when you need to be serious and uh very businesslike and workmanlike and we are and our guys actually have uh have found that switch a little bit and that's nice and it's through very very good leadership uh, the guys i mentioned and more kyle said that the guy sitting next to him before the new jersey game said that they expected to win this game we're gonna win this game is that different from the beginning when you when you first took over last year? Major shift, major shift. That could be because it falls in. That is the belief system that we had hoped to and hoped to uh, to have the believing you can win, uh, believing you should win uh, for the right reasons. You you plan and prepare properly, and you're you're have the appetite and commitment to see it through. Uh, and and those are you know and kind of intangible things but they're real things and and our guys you got to have a feel for that you got to have a sense for that uh as i mentioned when you should joke around and when you shouldn't and when works to be done and when it's playtime and and we're we're doing a much much better job at that but the the real essence of it is they see the way they can win through the identity that we you know personnel we have and system we play uh, so that is a big um, nugget, I guess. When you hear that as a coach, that's what it's all about. You need to get your guys to the point where they expect to win. With how successful that leadership group was for you this year, and obviously a lot can change over the summer, but have you put any thought into naming a captain before next season? Yeah, Ke- Kevin, uh, well, I'll let him speak on that. We talk quite a bit we talk quite a bit through the year and the answer the short answer that is yes i mean that's uh, obviously something we're hypersensitive to um 
you know, in the positions we're in. And, you know, we feel that we have uh, incredible leadership and, um, you know, we're in a, in a really good position to, you know, in light of that question, we feel very, we're in a very, very fortunate position as me as a coach and uh, I'm sure Kevin as a manager, uh, we're really excited about where we're at in that regard. And how much did you enjoy watching Dominique grow as a leader this year? When we talked to him, he said, I'm a totally different person this year. Yeah, that's everything. I mean, it's everything. We hope to do that with each guy and every guy, and we push for that for every guy. It's important. Um, you know, as, as I mentioned, they, they come in the league, and, and it's like, okay, how do I act and be like an NHL player? Well, no, just play hockey and be yourself, and we're going to take care of the other stuff, you know, how, how you can be successful. And, uh, at this level, and uh, it is it is so fun to see, you know, guys' personalities and them comfortable uh, with who they are. He's uh, we have lots and lots of good guys. I don't think we have any bad. We don't have any bad guys. I'll say that right now. We don't. You know, there's nothing to hide from our group. They're 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 all good good people, and that's what we want. Um, good hungry people, and they fit they fit it. Check that off. So that's why I can sit here with so much enthusiasm. Um, we're young. We got a ways to go. Um, you know, we talked about the changing of the belief system, and I'm talking about winning, but it's harder, believe it or not, their belief system on scoring. We're missing scoring chances because they just don't understand yet that, you know, they can score now, and that was something that uh, we I talked with Tej a lot. I said, Tej, you've put in enough work. Like, it's score now, kid. You know, you can you can do this. And and uh, it was, it was uh, almost like he needed to, to hear that that you know don't wait for scoring anymore like you've done enough training and you're strong enough big enough smart enough like score now and and uh he he took that and then some um uh but i think our whole team is that way you know we we're creating stuff we're not cashing in on it yet but that's that's a big part of growth you talked about uh, dylan wanting it you know possesses so much confidence like just how how do you see that he like how do you see that he wants it like what does he convey he, he forces things, Bill, really simple. He, he wants to impose his will on the guy. And, and uh, visually it would be he has the puck and he's used to beating a guy with just his physical attributes, so he might take the puck right to the guy in, in lieu of the space he had here or uh, as Thompson did a year ago. And, and, you know, Thompson a year ago, we talked with him a lot, you know, he, he exposed too many pucks and he tried to beat a guy and, we, you know, the the message would be, Tomer, you can score the goal right now, even though that guy's standing there and the net's back there. You just rip it right through his feet and it's in and put it on the board. And uh, so, so just changing the perspective of it. And Dylan is so competitive that he wants it now. As we talked about Darlene, when Darlene makes a mistake, you could almost be certain he's going to make another mistake trying to make up for the last mistake he just made within ten seconds. You just saw it. And he had to control that energy, take a step back and a breath, and not force it. Because when you force things at a, at a level of junior hockey, you, are, you impose your will on the other team. You're good enough to do it. But nobody's really good enough to do that in the NHL. You've got to pick your spot. And, you know, Alex Ovechkin doesn't go out there and score every shift. He gets 20 shifts a game. He, he scores one or two. It's a big night. So he picks his spot at the right moment he knows when that goal is going to be scored or that space that is going to be created and he jumps into it. And younger players tend to just push that moment. I want that moment now. I want that moment every shift. And they have to take a step back 
and discern, okay, when is when is it highly likely I can score a goal or how can I score it differently or how can I make a play? And that's just a process of, of acclimation to this level of development. Um, and Dylan, you know, and, and Dylan is in the process of this. He's getting so much better in so many other areas. It's it's great. So it's almost like, oh, he's going to work. He's going to work his way through this as Tage did. When he comes out on the other side, it, it, it's going to be extremely powerful. Just complimenting the uh, on-ice progress, uh, the team's got a lot of support from the Buffalo Bills, especially the second half there, McDermott and Allen making visits, the newest draft pick being at RJ's last call. I'm curious the role you see that playing in the continued reinvigorization of the fan base and even for like this young locker room. Well, you know, I think uh, I, I would hope Josh came back to the game because he, he, he liked it and he had fun. I know he talked to the guys and he's developing a friendship with guys on our team and um, but but that's really, you know, what you want it to be about. <laughs> you, you, you don't want to be saying, hey, will you come over to our game, you, you know. Um, uh, but th- those, you know, so, so any time you have people like that that are, that, that, you know, obviously people in our community look up to uh, be part of what you're doing here is, is awesome. It's, it's, you know, when they, you see them having fun and want to be here, uh, it is energizing to all of us to have them around and uh and want to be around or enjoy being around so um you know it's a big it's a big boost uh hopefully in the future we keep playing a brand of hockey and and uh, move a relationship along that that people you know that people all people want to come back and be part of this uh just as you mentioned uh, those guys so owen's got eight games of tape under his belt how do you feel now great actually great It, it uh I tell you, I was I was probably sweating and nervous about like just stay healthy, just get the get the eight or nine or ten games in at the end of the year because it's it's going to be. He has all this hindsight now going into the summertime, and I, I mean, I thought he did spectacular. I didn't I'm not surprised by how he did because I, I just have so much respect for his game and and the work he's done to this point. Um, but the value in having you know that opportunity and integrating with our team you don't I didn't know how he would integrate with our team I, I, I not surprised how he integrated with our team giving our group credit for the people they are they embraced Owen and were excited about Owen and he he came in and he was like a little brother to them um, and then some and and uh, that was nice to to be part of and are you as his yeah, those decisions are, are you know, they have to be the player. So I would I would support whatever he really felt, and then say, okay, if you're if you're going here, you know, maybe this is something you could think of or focus on or or, or whatnot. Like that, that's where I would get involved. Now, I don't know if that I would have said anything to him if he was going to Worlds in that regard. I might have just said, just go play. Um, but um, yeah, the players, you know, we want them to to build over the summer to train intensely over the summer uh they understand that they feel that so then they make a decision on what they want to do so you know i i didn't feel i should be pushing anybody to go to men's world championships i think that has to come from within but they do know their responsibility to us in the fall and however they you know whatever decision they make we we were going to support it either way this episode is brought to you by progressive insurance whether you love true crime or comedy celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. 
It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.